0: In the recesses of the Old Testament lies the story of Ruth. One scholar said it's the most beautiful short story ever written. But how can a 3,000 year old book be relevant today? Ruth speaks into our cultural confusion surrounding gender and our increasing ethnic divide. It's an improbable and compelling love story, but ultimately Ruth is a story of redemption how God's sovereign grace redeems His people in, and even through, their suffering. Ruth reminds us that God still redeems people who were once far from Him. His sovereign grace still redeems our suffering for our good and His glory.
1: Hello, welcome back to the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. My name is Donna, and I'm the Executive Assistant here, also serve on the women's ministry team at Crosspoint. I'm here with my friend Brianna. Bri, why don't you tell us something about you?
0: Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Brianna. I am a member here at Cross Point. I serve also on the women's team and then also the prayer team and along with the kids. So
1: That's awesome. So we heard a great sermon uh, continu- continuing in the Redeemed series today um, about the um, Audacious Faith, I can't remember the name, Admirable Humility and Audacious Faith, Um, and it was about Ruth, Chapter 3, Pastor Brennan covered the whole thing, and uh, there was just so much in this chapter. Um, There's a lot to talk about, so why don't we just get right to it. Brianna, what do you think um, was something that just really kind of stuck out, like I said, there's a lot in here, so Mm -hmm. maybe one or two things that jumped out at you?
0: Yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean... In the service, I was just taking notes mm-hmm. like crazy. Uh, but something that really stuck out to me is just the parallel of, you know, seeing how um, Ruth, you know, came under like Boaz as like who he was as his character and his person, him being a kinsman redeemer, like just how much of a parallel that is like pointing to Jesus. Um, I think what really stuck out to me is like how we, who are in need come under Jesus's strength and His righteousness, but it's like a perfect strength and a perfect yeah. righteousness that He actually gives to us. Um, so for me, that definitely was you know something that stood out. Just just those parallels, you know. I think every single detail in the Bible was for something.
1: So. Amen. Yeah, I agree. Um, the there's a part in here that I thought was so um, eye opening. So I've read this chapter. I don't know how many times I've taught this chapter. Um, And in Ruth chapter 3, verse 3, so it starts with Naomi saying, you know, isn't it right that should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? And then she gives Ruth this um, advice that seems kind of like scandalous, and I think Pastor Brandon even used the word salacious, like it comes across... For all the world that she is saying, like, "Hey, go pretty yourself up, girlfriend, and go down and catch yourself a husband. Mm-hmm. I want you to propose to him tonight." But, and that is like the natural reading of the thing. But I think that of the text. But I think that what Pastor Brandon pointed out was in our our culture is different than their culture was mm-hmm. back then. And he made the uh, really I thought brilliant point that back then, like so nowadays, when we go to a funeral. We dress up. We're going to put on, I'm not going to wear my, you know, you're not going to wear jeans and a hoodie to a funeral. You're going to put on maybe your Sunday best or, you know, at least something a little more um, out of respect. In our culture, that shows respect. But back then, what they would have done in this culture would have been to, they they put on sackcloth. They put ashes on their head to show their inner Mourning, they're grieving; that they are in a grieving uh, state, mm-hmm. and so Ruth, who had lost her husband, would have been presenting herself in that way. She was still grieving, and what this signaled, right, was an end to that grief process.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, um, so she's going to to Boaz, basically outwardly saying Mm -hmm. what was inwardly going on, which is I'm ready, which is what you said while we were talking before we started that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think in our culture, we actually, you know, a lot of people will kind of put on a facade, you know, or kind of just make themselves up or you kind of do things outwardly to mask how you really are feeling or kind of what your posture is inwardly. Mm. Uh, but we, we don't see that in this culture, you know, it was very much your outward expression reflects like what's inwardly happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do think having that cultural context helps us to unpack the scripture, you know, in a way that's just like, wait, what's going on? She's doing what? What did Naomi tell her to do? (laughs) You know, it's like, no, that's, this is actually like, you know, a lot more significant than just that. you know, she's just trying to pretty herself up, you know, to, to catch a husband. Like that's actually not what's happening here. Yeah. So it definitely, you know, her doing the thing of, you know, washing herself, anointing herself with oil, changing her clothes was actually signifying, like Pastor Brennan was saying, that 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 period of mourning was finished. You know, she was now, you know, ready, you know, for a different season of life.
1: Right. She was ready to be redeemed. And that was Mm -hmm. the thing. Like, Naomi wasn't just sending her down to that threshing floor that was, quite frankly, you know... It was it was ripe for the picking. Like you know, there were a ton of men there who had been drinking. Mm-hmm. The wine was flowing. Like Pastor Brennan said, and so it wasn't like, "Hey, go down there and catch yourself a husband." Mm-hmm. It was, go, with with this new, you know, you, this new readiness. The end of this morning period, mm-hmm. being evident in the way that you're portraying yourself, the way you're carrying yourself, the way you're presenting yourself, mm-hmm. and let that be known to Boaz. Go ask him to redeem you. Like, that was the thing that according to, um, as I was telling you before we hopped on here, the night I met my husband, I had been at the Oxford Valley Mall with my cousin. I was wearing shopping clothes, like stuff you go shopping in, right? Right. And it was inappropriate for anything, any other setting, but she wanted to, she was going out that night to meet a friend Mm -hmm. and she didn't want to be a third wheel. So she wanted me to go with, there was a band playing at this place and anything. And anyway, I was not dressed appropriately for that. So she convinced me to go with her. She bought me a new outfit down to the shoes, well, and a can of hairspray, Aquanet, mm-hmm. whole can of it. And it was the 80s, so I almost used the entire can of it to make my hair as big as I could, changed my clothes, and off we went. Mm-hmm. And it was with the intent that you are going to a place where there is a very good chance that you will get a man's attention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's always, the, you know what I mean? That's the mindset. That's the goal. And, we, you know, I was like 24 years old, and single. So yeah, I'm going to get gussied up and I'm going to go down and I'm going to go and see if I find somebody. And I did. I met my husband that night. Mm -hmm. Not recommended. I don't think that this is the way to do it. Um, But my point is that that is the lens that we read this by, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to be very careful not to do that. So I think Pastor Brennan's emphasis on the cultural norms of the day Mm -hmm. shed light on this where otherwise we could read this as She went and got a makeover, Mm -hmm. made herself as pretty as she possibly could with the intent of catching a husband. And then add on top of that that it says that Boaz um, had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry. Mm -hmm. And we read that with, oh, you know, he was drunk. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, when we superimpose those two thoughts Mm -hmm. on this whole thing, we miss the beauty of something uh that is right there that that the original readers would have understood mm-hmm. which number 1 it was the end of the morning period right and then tell us what how did boaz already feel about yeah. ruth
0: yeah yeah definitely as you were saying that um and we kind of talked about it a little bit beforehand was you know she had already had boaz's favor in her morning clothes in her state of not outwardly reflecting like a readiness to move from mourning to wanting to be redeemed. Like she didn't have to do anything, you know, just like her character, the care in love and dedication that she showed to her mother-in-law spoke volumes already to Boaz, you know, he was already, you know, looking out for her, you know what I'm saying? She already had his, his favor, you know? Um, so to, to read it through the lens of she had to do all this kind of outward vanity performative things in order to catch his attention. It's like, well, you know he already she already he already had already given her his favor, you know exactly, so I think reading it through that lens also wouldn't make that make sense, you know, mm-hmm. uh which I think it does make it more significant when she does um you know come there in her because again, it wasn't just that her outward was different, there was something different about her inward, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh and I think you you also see that reflected just in the language and what she's communicating to him, you know how she refers to herself um, in that conversation with him.
1: Tell them how she refers to herself. She calls herself his servant.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Meaning
1: what though?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like Pastor Brennan was saying, she, you know, there's plenty of words she could have used to describe servant, uh, but she used the word Mm "ama," which is kind of like, hey, I'm (laughs) a single maiden ready, you know, um, you know, so I think that's also very significant. And I think we can miss that very easily, just like reading the English. (laughs) Yes. But once you get into the language, you actually start to understand more of that context and the language of what actually is going on and what's actually being communicated rather than us trying to like read it through how we just see it on the surface. Exactly. We have
1: to remember that this did not take place Mm -hmm. in the United States of America in 2023. Yeah. um, Or in 1989 with my Aquanet. Um, (laughs) So the thing is that the takeaway was let the um, sun rise on your sexual purity, and I think this is where the the heart of this message is, and the heart of this text, because there is um, there are occasions in the Old Testament when feet, uh, as Pastor Brennan said, were it, the it's used as a euphemism. It means something else. It's kind of like code language uh air quotes feet um and we all know what it means um but sometimes feet just means feet and the yeah. fact that these two people um i think it is in chapter 2 verse 1 that um Boaz is referred to as a worthy man mm-hmm. um Naomi makes the suggestion to Ruth to go there and do this and lay down at his feet um to um and she, Ruth does, she gets herself cleansed and washed and anointed and clothed, uh, signaling, like you said, like where she is mm-hmm. um, emotionally, mentally, everything. She's ready. Mm-hmm. She is ready to be redeemed. She is an unwed woman who is ready to be redeemed mm-hmm. and cared for by a man who already has her favor. Mm-hmm. There makes, there's no reason for us to think that her going and laying down at his feet and covering herself with his um, blanket, basically, that anything immoral Mm -hmm. happened there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think even just, like, the more you read, like, verse 12, when it says that, you know, how he's responding to her, and he's acknowledging, like, yes, I'm your Redeemer, yet there is a Redeemer nearer than I. I also think that wouldn't make sense. Like, if they were going to have in mind to, like— you know, instantly gratify themselves sexually. What would be the purpose of him bringing up this other kinsman redeemer who kind of would get in the way of them getting to, like, ongoingly, you know what I'm saying, gratify those desires? So I think you just see his integrity and his honesty, even in just how he responds to her. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, I just think that would be very inconsistent. and wouldn't make sense um to assume that they, you know, did something that, like, you know, it wasn't true of how their character was described
1: that's right and and the way that their character continues to be described yeah. um he describes Ruth as a worthy woman um so here they both are and they are never ever described as anything other than that mm-hmm. um and in order if if they had done something like again he knew that according to the law that God had given there was there were channels to go through there was there was a system in place mm-hmm. where um, somebody's widow would be then the responsibility of his next nearest kin. Mm-hmm. And because his father was dead, his brother was dead, that he had no more male relatives in his immediate family. You go to the next closest relative, which would have been this other guy, not Boaz. Yeah. Boaz is number two. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it maintaining his integrity and his character and upholding hers, mm-hmm. he refrains from what was literally right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And it's not that she went there with that intent, mm-hmm. but he certainly could have taken advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't. Yeah, He did not. And he made sure, I love this. This is beautiful. He made sure that nobody else did either because when okay. he says in, you know, verse 13, remain tonight and in the morning, if he, that first redeemer, will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then, as the Lord lives, I will. Mm -hmm. I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. There is nothing improper happening here. Mm -hmm. He is a man, again, demonstrating his utmost integrity, his Mm -hmm. godliness, by saying, Listen, you are bringing yourself to me saying, Marry me. And goodness sakes, I want to. Mm -hmm. But there's a guy who has a right to— you know, be blessed by being married to you well before me. So he gets the right of first refu- refusal. I am not going to trample on that right because I love the Lord more than mm-hmm. whatever. He's he's demonstrating obedience. Mm-hmm. He's demonstrating his integrity. And he's protecting her by saying, stay here. Mm-hmm. Because he knows that she's safe with him. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to let her just go off on her own in the middle of the night, in the dark, where she could be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Assaulted or anything else, and so he's keeping. He's already been keeping her safe, and he continues mm-hmm. to be her protector, her protector, her provider, and all of those things. And the glorious thing with this is, like you said earlier, it just points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's who He is for us.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I just yeah love that so much. um Just how, like you said, it beautifully points to Jesus, and yeah, just it is really remarkable to see the integrity that boaz and ruth had um especially in a culture where you know i think again it's easy for us to read this and be like oh a plus b equals c you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh like if the opportunity's there why wouldn't you do what you want to do type of thing but here you see their heart posture again like you're seeing this like outward expression of like the inwardness of what's going on and like you see their inward integrity come out even in just their conversation and like what he's communicating he's like recognizing like okay i want to marry you but (laughs) there's another guy in line to fulfill this role first so let me go to him first you know yeah so it's like if he had malicious intent or wanted to gratify himself like he could have just did it like he didn't need to say all of this and yeah. like point out there's proper channels, like you said, he would have just did what he, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so again, I think in this story, there's just like this repeated pattern of like outwardly getting to see what what inwardly, you know, is true of them. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, now we've made a big deal and a, and we've spent a good deal of time on the fact that we cannot impose our cultural uh, norms and expectations and realities on this story. Mm-hmm. However, we can't expect this story to just live in a vacuum Yeah,
0: exactly. thousands
1: of years ago mm-hmm. to mean, oh, that's great. That's good for them. It means nothing for me today because it was so long ago. Yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. There is definitely something, someone mm-hmm. that bridges that cultural gap yeah. between this is how it happened then. That helps us understand what we're reading and not misinterpret yeah. what we're reading. Mm-hmm. The fact is that it is still relevant to us today mm-hmm. in our culture, because Jesus is the one who bridges this gap, right? So He's the one who says, "Like that's who this, that's what we said this this whole book." Um, Boaz specifically points to Jesus, our ultimate yeah. kinsman redeemer. And like we were saying earlier, you don't need to pretty yourself up to go to Him. You don't need to clean yourself up to go to Him. We can never be clean enough. Mm-hmm. He cleanses us um, because he comes to us. But the fact is that the principles at play in this story do apply to us. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Sexual purity and sexual impurity are still a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Human nature doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what you're saying about, like, a beautiful woman coming and laying down at somebody's feet. um, And quite frankly— it, there there's there's always this is one of the things like we just need to be real here as women we all have insecurities mm-hmm. right we don't think this is right about ourselves or that is right about ourselves i hate my nose i you know whatever it is i'm too short my eyebrows are terrible you know whatever it's like i have a crooked tooth i mean you know but honestly some women are physically more beautiful than others that's just the reality when we look at ourselves with critical eyes, and with worldly eyes. Mm -hmm. That's what we land on. Mm -hmm. When the fact of the matter is that when we as women realize who we are in Christ, first of all, and that we are made in the image of God, Mm -hmm. that's what makes us beautiful. And our godly character is what makes us beautiful. That's one of the things like from— Ruth's character. Mm -hmm. Like you said, she was not presenting her best self. (laughs) You know, she wasn't putting moisturizer on her face and doing her hair when she was going to glean in the fields. And it was, she probably didn't look great. But that is not what it's about. And I, at this stage of my life, I look back and I think about, you know, young women like yourself, like you're just so beautiful. And there are, no, for real guys, (laughs) if you've never seen her, I'm telling you, but the fact is that you're beautiful inside your character, you exude Christ-likeness and that makes you beautiful. And when there are women who are so insecure because they don't look like fill in the blank, whoever it is, the latest influencer on Instagram, whatever it is, that is a lie from the pit of hell that this is something that we need to achieve or aspire to Mm -hmm. Um, this inward beauty that comes from being in Christ cannot be beat and that's like a woman of character and like Mm -hmm. Pastor Brennan said it reminds me Proverbs 31 and that Mm -hmm. that many people believe that is that chapter is is patterned and and fashioned after Ruth herself Mm -hmm. Um, because her character and again here's the bottom line It's about being godly. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes in our culture, which I can, you know, admit to being guilty of, we settle for vanity. You know, we settle for, um, yeah, just mere, like, outward appearance or outward adorning and things like that. But God is always concerned about the inward of our hearts. And I feel like... Sometimes it can kind of sound like a cop-out of like, oh, you know, just be in, in really beautiful, you know, godliness and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, no, that's not like a cop-out at all because that's what lasts. I mean, yes, all of us, like, you can chase the world's beauty standards all you want, but that doesn't, like, actually make you beautiful. Beautiful is like, you know, having the th- thumbprint of our creator upon Amen. us being made in his image. And then also, you know, becoming more like Christ in the day-to-day as we walk with him. You know, like even I just love the descriptions of what scripture says about Jesus. Like he had no like form or anything that we should be attracted to him. Like if you look at the description of Jesus in the Bible, he wasn't a looker. Yeah. Doesn't say that, you know, doesn't like compliment him for his like outward, you know. No. Like David, it does. Yeah. Yeah, His outward handsomeness. But there was, I mean, he's God almighty. Right. So we can see that godliness is like beautiful. And like that actually is what lasts for all eternity. Right. Like a haircut, makeup. I mean, give it you know, few months, 24 hours for the makeup, like, it's not going it, to... It, it, it doesn't last. No, it doesn't <laughs>
1: last. It doesn't last. And I'll tell you, like, there have been... You know, some of the most beautiful people I've seen do some of the ugliest things. Mm -hmm. Um, Physically beautiful do ugly things. Mm -hmm. Um, And vice versa, like people who, you know, the most beautiful thing you can see is somebody be kind to somebody else. I was in the airport not too long ago, and somebody just did something for somebody else that just blew my mind. We don't have time to go into it, but my point is that, like, just the most beautiful thing is one human being Mm -hmm. showing kindness Mm -hmm. to another human being
0: yeah yeah and i think we ultimately because again we see how ruth did these things she cleaned herself up she anointed herself with oil she uh put on new clothing and approached boaz right again it was just outwardly reflecting what was going inwardly but when we see jesus we see that like he actually is the one that condescends to us like he becomes like us in the flesh he takes on sinful dirty human flesh Mm -hmm. um so that he could redeem us, you know? And it's like, when I look at, when I think about what is true beauty, like I think of Jesus, like he didn't like come here. Matter of fact, a lot of the, you know, his own people didn't recognize him as the Messiah because he didn't fit the description of what they thought he would look like, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I think Jesus just totally flips that on its head. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we see, again, how this story just points to Jesus, but then how Jesus like is even like a greater and perfect fulfillment of this and that he's the one that condescends and, When we come to him and he redeems us, he clothes us in his righteousness. He anoints us, you know, he cleanses us.
1: Um,
0: It makes us look more and more like himself. The one that is like the most beautiful being in all of existence.
1: Yeah. And so just like Boaz is the worthy man and Ruth is the worthy woman, Jesus is the worthy, the one who is worthy Mm -hmm. of our obedience and our love and our affection and all of that stuff because he is the most beautiful Mm -hmm. um, being in all of in, in all of the universe and the fact that, you know, like Ruth and Boaz did nothing inappropriate. Mm-hmm. They remained pure in probably what is the most tempting of all temptations, yeah. right? Um, and so, like I always tell, you know, I've told my kids, like, don't think that you're the one human yeah. being on the face of the earth who's going to be able to resist mm-hmm. uh, when literally nobody else can. So, like, mm-hmm. don't fool yourself. Um But the fact is that they remain pure, and the fact that in in the face of probably a tempting situation, or what that very well could have been, and the fact that Jesus is the one, like you're saying, this is all about Him. He's the one who's worthy, and it's worth our resistance. It's worth, He's worth our obedience. What He did for us. Makes it worth that not that fighting against the desire for instant gratification and letting him rule and reign in our lives, knowing that nothing can satisfy like he can and that we he's worth the weight
2: yeah
1: uh, worth the weight, and that's hard for some people, but mm-hmm. uh, for most people <laughs> yeah you know and and um but i I do think that that's the ultimate point here is that you know delayed gratification done right for godliness for righteousness mm-hmm. is always worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just love um yeah, just looking at Romans, you know, 10 9 through 11. Like I just love verse 11 like you know, those we'll, we'll never be disappointed essentially like you said. Um yeah, it's like do we do we trust god that his ways are perfect and are actually will satisfy us and fulfill us the way that we're craving for compared to what we could try to give for ourselves. Amen. So I agree. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, Brianna, this has been great. Why don't we pray to close out? Um, I'm thinking specifically about another verse that Pastor Brennan mentioned, 1 Corinthians 6.11, when Paul is talking about people who were in sexual sin in Corinth, and he says to the church, the believers, and such were some of you. And I know that there are people listening. There were people here today um, who are either in sexual sin or have it in their rearview mirror, as Pastor Brennan said, and the mm-hmm. fact is that Jesus redeems, and that's that's the beautiful story of the book of Ruth. That's the beautiful truth of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. It's a story of redemption, and that is taking things that are messy and dirty and sinful and horrible and wretched and broken and making them something beautiful, and that's because it's it's Him. Mm-hmm. There's that he's the beauty in all of it. So yeah. why don't we close out our time now and and just thanks for being on here of course.
0: today. Thank you.
1: Okay, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the example of these worthy people, Boaz and Ruth. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that anybody listening, Lord, would know that they can just come to you as they are. They don't need to get... Um, cleaned up ahead of time, Lord, because your word says that you are the one who cleanses us. And so, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for redemption. And I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: amen.